Hey, this is Tasty Bets Pod. Follow at Tasty Bets Pod on X, Threads, Instagram, and Facebook. Subscribe to the Tasty Bets Pod on Spotify, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you like to partake. I am your host, Dino DeCespedes. And as always, I am joined by my co-host, Mr. Grant Engel. What is up, man? You know, buddy, just trying to carry on after what I would call a bit of a disappointing week in the Premier League in terms of my rooting interests. But as I think you'll share here shortly, I was able to ease some of that pain with uh, dollar bills, thanks to a lot of your foresight and and us game planning on how we were going to bet last week. Ah, yes, the results. (laughs) We finished last week up 4.35 units on the heels of nailing our Brighton and Liverpool draw, plus 290, hello. West Ham and Newcastle to draw, plus 270, also crushed that one. And even though we were on opposite sides of Crystal Palace, Nottingham Forest, we both somehow dropped a little insurance on the draw. And wouldn't you know it, that one finished in the tastiest of draws for your guys. Like you mentioned, up 4.35 units on the week. So hopefully that did a little bit to ease the pain of a crushing defeat for your boys. I I mean, crushing seems a little strong, but you know, talk your talk, man. You guys won. It's not always you're going to get a goal off of uh, one of our defenders' faces. Clearly on purpose. <laughs> uh, we, we call that a little bit of chin music, sending a message. Mm-hmm. I'm going to lean on the fact that we weren't full strength, even though knowing damn well you guys weren't full strength either. It doesn't matter. I'll see you guys later this season in the Etihad. Yeah, in all seriousness, a game that could have definitely went either way. I'll say this. A much more important win for Arsenal than it was a pivotal loss for City. If Arsenal wants to kind of contend this year, this was a win that they absolutely needed. You know, because if you lose to City on your home ground or eke out a draw nil-nil, you still kind of feel like you're a little bit of a second-class citizen in the league. So this win at least puts you in the mindset that, you know, the title maybe is up for grabs and it's something that can be had, you know, which I don't think is something that we could have said in previous seasons. So still a lot of football to be played, but I was happy my guys got the win. <laughs> but as you mentioned, I was too much of a scaredy cat to actually bet on it. I had um, <laughs> Arsenal over a goal and a half, which didn't come in. And I also had Gabby Jesus to score. That didn't come in either. But we still crushed last week with no Premier League this weekend. Gives us an opportunity to kind of like zoom out a little bit, look at some of these futures and opportunities to maybe hedge some of the picks that we've made previously. So we're going to do something a little bit different this week. We're going to just kind of walk through some futures and see if we're able to make a strong enough case to earn a cosign from our co-host. Let me know if you've got a future that you want to start with. Brace yourself. I'm going to talk about West Ham United. This was the first team on my list. So I fucking, I lo- <laughs> I'm I can't, fucking ready. I know. I know you love them too. We can't quit them. They fucking play a good brand of football. They're exciting to watch. Oh, yeah. They're like shapeshifters. They can give you a little bit any way you want it. Like Obviously, they play the counterattacking style. That is their bread and butter. But when they are running at you, even if even if it's not directly on the counter, with Sofal streaking up the right-hand side and serving balls in, Like, you just got dudes in there who can shoot and pass. And I know that sounds, like, really, really basic. But, like, when you have Bowen, Pakata, Sofal coming up, Antonio in the middle, it's just, like, every defense has to be, like, okay, this guy does, like, these three things well. This other guy does these two things really well. They're just a dangerous squad. And I just – I like their mentality. I like the way they play. I haven't even mentioned James Ward-Prowse yet. He's – 
he's serving balls in perfectly all the time. So with all that said, I think a, a tasty one that I found that I don't know how much talking into I'm going to have to do, but I don't want to presume either on FanDuel, West Ham to finish in the top half of the league, minus 140. It just it just sounds like easy money. That just sounds like free money. Hello. I kid you not. This is the first entry on my list. Same. West Ham, top half, minus 140. Big ass check mark right next to that. Okay. I did my thing where I do a little bit of a tiering of the 20 teams. Yeah. Right. And I've got a pretty solid top five. City, Arsenal, Liverpool, let's call that a top three. Tottenham, Newcastle rounds out the top five. In the second tier, I've got Brighton, Villa, West Ham, United, and Chelsea. Oh my God. Now this yeah. this could be six, seven, eight, nine, and ten. And I had West Ham right right around eight, a smidge ahead of United, uh, and I think they're ahead of Chelsea. So top half minus one forty. I mean, I am all over this one. I think, you know, when you were describing West Ham, they kind of remind me of, you know, in the fighting sports when there's a guy that's not that good, but he's a devastating power puncher. Mm. And then like the 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 more skilled betting favorite in that fight, all he's got to do is, you know, move around, keep the head movement going, keep the, keep the feet moving, not make any bad mistakes. And then a bad mistake essentially gets you knocked out. And I think that's kind of what it's like to play this West Ham team. If you make a mistake, you know, a bad giveaway somewhere, they just make you pay every single time. Yep. I love them minus 140. You don't even need a cosign. We we're just total mind mail on that one. But I do have something extra here. All right. And I'm going to die if you have if you also have this something extra. For the boys boys of West Ham to finish in the top six. Okay. I read you my top five. Mm-hmm. City, Arsenal, Liverpool, Tottenham, Newcastle. So there's a nice cozy little spot at six. That's totally up for grabs. For them to finish top six is plus a thousand. Oh wow! Plus a thousand—that's the epitome of tasty. It's tasty, man. I—it's funny, like, so to pull the curtain back for any viewers, like, we decided we're like, okay, we're gonna surprise each other with these props. So I went old school, <laughs> pen and paper, and I just—I just jotted them down on a on a post-it, and I literally have like when I broke it out, I wrote City, Liverpool, Arsenal, Tottenham, Newcastle. Brighton, Villa, West Ham. Hmm. Slightly different order, but the same groups as you. Man, Brighton and Villa. Hard to see West Ham finishing over both, I think is the only thing. Well, maybe not that hard. Plus a thousand. So, I mean. It's not plus a thousand hard. I'll tell you, I'll tell that's you that what much I, right yeah, now. That's what I'm thinking. I don't mind putting uh, putting an Alexander Hamilton on this at the, at the risk of winning a full unit only risking a, a tenth of a unit. I think there's value in that. Dude, the Hammers right now are in seventh. Yes. Two points behind Brighton. Two goals behind in goal differential. I'm going to just check real quick. So they haven't played. Oh, yeah, they played Brighton, who they beat three to one. Right. But they still have two against Villa and another one against Brighton. But I think Hammy's the right call on that one. Yeah, and like you mentioned Brighton, I was I was thinking about this when I was like looking at it. So they've already got their away matches at Brighton and at Liverpool out of the way. And so they won at Brighton three to one. Now they lost at Liverpool three to one, but even still, they got those out of the way and they came away with a big victory. And they've already beat Chelsea, who looks like they're coming on. Now that game was at London Stadium, so they still have to to go to Stamford Bridge. And they still have to go to the Etihad. But to your point, I mean, they're head-to-head against Villa when the league returns. And then they get a run of Everton, Brentford, and no disrespect to your boys, Nottingham Forest, and then Burnley and Crystal Palace, all in a five-match run in the league. And they might be able to rack up some points in that stretch. Yeah, and I think what we might be able to do at that point 
is let's say when another one of these teams slips, I don't know, Newcastle, Tottenham, whoever, we might be able to come back and bet on that team that slipped. Like, let's say at the end of this fortuitous schedule run, you know, the Hammers are in fourth or fifth. That means that somebody else that that slipped is going to have a better odds that we might be able to jump back on and, Mm. you know, hedge back the other way. So I love that we kind of start on the same one and just a two-way cosign way to get it started. I'm going to jump into my next pick here. Speaking of teams slipping, so Tottenham, they are probably the feel-good story of the season. They're in peak buzz right now. So I looked at them to finish outside the top four, which you can get right now at minus 140. So if we think there's a clear-cut top three, City, Arsenal, Liverpool, that just leaves the one spot. And I think you're going to end up with like Newcastle battling there. I've got my Newcastle to finish in the top four bet from earlier in the season. Brighton, Villa, West Ham, United, if they can totally turn it around, I don't see that one happening. But there's at least seven or eight teams that are going to be in the mix for that fourth spot. All right, so Tottenham's top of the table right now on goal difference. When we look at the odds to win the league, that kind of gives us a little bit of a hint with regard to who Vegas thinks the best teams are. Mm -hmm. So City's minus 140 to win the league. Arsenal plus 380, Liverpool plus 550, Tottenham plus 1100. So they've got the fourth best odds to win the league. And then there's a big gap between them and Newcastle. Newcastle is plus 4400 to win the league. So I think Vegas is telling you Tottenham's the fourth best team, even though they're at the top of the table. I just like the number, minus 140. Very curious to hear what you think about that. Number two on my list was no Tottenham to finish in the top four, minus okay. 125. Mm, so you like them. I think I do, man. Madison. Matters. Uh, old Matters. He he, uh, he had that real sneaky move where he's like running across the baseline and he like feeds it in perfectly for it to set up the goal against Luton Town. Obviously, it's Luton Town, but man, Pastacoglu has him believing. I'm I'm with you though. It's interesting to to see like you get the new manager bump, you lose the greatest player in the history of your club. It would be a weird story if they lose Kane and then they make the Champions League. Like that would be pretty, that would be a, a weird thing for people to kind of square in their minds. Like I, I kind of think about that too. Sonny looks good. He, he's a perfect match for the way Madison plays. Richarlison, as we've, we've mentioned before, he's kind of like starting to come on. I do think it's interesting too, no European football for Tottenham. Yeah, we talked about that. You get a little bit of a rest advantage against these other teams that you're kind of battling at the top of the league, but also you got to beat those teams at the top of the league if you're going to finish in the top four. That is a little concerning. So I think I am I am on the fence. I will say I had it number two on my list because I, I liked the minus 125 number. I almost don't know if I'm not going to go either way here because you, you raised some really good points too. Like, do they have the metal to see it all the way through? But then I look at Newcastle and Brighton. They're playing in Europe and they're teams that are inexperienced playing in Europe. So is that advantage Tottenham? That 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 was kind of a part of my my line of thinking too. I realize I'm going in a big old circle here. No, I mean I think this is good because we have to kind of talk this out and figure out. You know, we haven't made any of these bets yet, so we we want to like where we land with these. No European football. That's going to be a big factor. Thinking about their new manager bounce though. When there is a bounce, the physics of it mm-hmm. are you come up. And you come back down, there is going to be a chance for some of these other teams to you know, sort of catch up to kind of what's going on, possibly. But again, matters, sunny. They've just been so lethal, you know, to use an NFL term here. It seems like they're always open, you know, yeah. like and just one step ahead. Now, that's probably a formula that could carry them through the end of the season. No European football definitely helps. But attacking wise, they do feel a little thin. Yeah. 
right? If something happens up front and you've got to go to like maybe like a Rich Arlison full time, who knows what that would look like? I mean, I think he's he struggled a little bit there, but he can absolutely kind of find his way. He had a great World Cup for Brazil. But again, I, I think I think there's just too many teams in that seven or eight mix, you know, that are going to make it tough. And I think the depth may just end up catching up to them, you know, having lost Kane and not totally fully replaced him. Yeah, I think that's interesting. I mean, they'll definitely, they'll have to be buyers in the January transfer window. Lord knows they got the cash uh, after the after selling Kane's contract. But if we know anything about the history of Tottenham Hotspur, they might try to make one of those big purchases and it might be a fucking disaster. I wouldn't put that past them. <laughs> Looking at their results, they've yet to lose on the season, but not the toughest schedule. They've got to draw at Brentford. Then they've got the win over United. They've got the draw against Arsenal. And they stole one against Liverpool, 2-1. to one. The rest of their schedule looks like Bournemouth, Burnley, Sheffield, Luton. You know, not the heaviest hitters. You know, they, they have yet to really kind of hit that 3-8 through eight band, you know, where they're taking on these the Brightons, the Villas, the West Hams, the Newcastles. So I think they got a lot of big games yet to be played. I would be shocked if they made the top four, but I think there's there's some value in just grabbing them not to finish there at minus 140. So I'm going to do... Just because you had them in the top four, and again, it gives me a little bit of pause. I'm going to do a Chupacabra, not the full unit. Three quarters of a unit for me, minus 140, Tottenham outside the top four. Man, that schedule readout, they got to play City two more times. Now, there is a there is a running joke on Manchester City Twitter, and Pep has called it out too. He did a, a post-match interview a while ago when they were asking him. They are like, you've basically accomplished everything. Like, what else is on your list? And he said, win away at Tottenham. Because for whatever reason, throughout the run of dominance, uh, we've never won with Pep as a manager at Tottenham. So I don't know if he's going to if he's really going to try to check that box this year. But with all those kind of softer matches, with respect to those other squads, but with those softer matches coming up, they're going to hit real winning hours for the bigger clubs later in the year, and like they're going to have a big run of like huge tests against teams that are consistently fighting for the top four. So that is that is pretty sketchy, I think. Let me read you. They have a six-match stretch towards the end of the season in April mm. that starts with at West Ham, home for Nottingham Forest, at Newcastle, home for City, home for Arsenal, away at Anfield to play Liverpool. Yeah, damn. Yeah, see? And that those are, those are <laughs> that's that's not, winning hours right there. That's going to be rough. Essentially, they're going to have to have a big buffer going into that six match yep. you know stretch could they have it sure they could have it they're playing really really well you mentioned the january transfer window that could be huge for them but again yeah like i think i think the schedule is such that odds are probably in favor of them not making it and then that's just going to be where i where i put my money on this one i'm with you i'm going to stay away because i don't want to root against them i'm going to enjoy it but i i think i'm intellectually i think i'm with you maybe top four we're, we're probably a year and two transfer windows away from that. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, what was your second one? Well, speaking of that buffer, so I, I'm still on this one, and I love uh, thinking about that softer schedule in the in the middle of the year. Top goal scorer in the league. Erling Holland already has eight. Now he scored three. I think it was against Sheffield earlier in the season. Top goal scorer, Sonny, for those same Tottenham Hotspur. Plus 1,600. Sonny's sitting on six. He's only two behind Holland. Julian Alvarez scores a lot. Doku can score. Kevin De Bruyne is going to come back middle of the year, which actually might help Erling score more. But um, 
I like taking a flyer on Sonny at plus 1,600. He's getting the ball in good positions. He's one of my favorite players to watch in the league. And if you're going to give me plus 1,600, why not? I mean, how about just putting a $20 bill and getting to root for Sonny week in, week out to score? That's what I'm saying. And just the the fun in that. I mean, that, sound, that sounds beautiful. This is an, an incredible run. We're not, we, we're not this aligned when we do share notes before the show. So this is pretty funny that we're on the same page. Are you serious? I've got my next one now, courtesy of our, our friends at FanDuel. Top goal scorer without Erling Holland. <laughs> Sonny is plus 430. I saw so, you know, Holland... Maybe he wins it, maybe he doesn't. But if you think Sonny's going to outscore every other player in the Premier League other than Erling Holland, this is not the worst bet to make. Plus 430. I think there's maybe, I don't know, maybe some halfy half potential here. Yeah. I think Holland not to win the title is sneaky live. Yes. Because I'm not saying that he's out here looking like Hideo Nomo and they've figured him out, but there's something to him not being as, you know, prolific a goal scorer this season. Last season, he was, he was on an absolute tear. I mean, it was basically 1980s Mike Tyson, where we were just like, oh, shit, that's him. Yeah. Look at him. Like, <laughs> I, I mean, like he just was in everybody's heads last season. This season, a little bit less so, but he's still unbelievable. Uh, he's still going to score a ton of goals. But I don't know. Sonny's my guy as well, just because their playing style, no Harry Kane, Rich Arlison, not really a threat, no European football, like we mentioned. And defensively, you know, they're not they're not a defensive team. You know, they're a team that wants to just kind of punch you in the mouth and like, all right, now we're playing. So those are all really good ingredients for this sunny recipe. I think I want to do probably a Hamilton on top goal scorer outright. And then I think I want to do half a unit sunny to be the top goal scorer without Holland plus 430 because I think he's the guy. I think the actual betting favorite in this one was actually Mo Salah. Yeah, I think he's like plus We talked about that Liverpool team. Yeah. Yeah, and we talked about that Liverpool team, like just being absolutely loaded. The goals are coming from everywhere. The team construction is not such that they're just going to keep feeding him the ball and he's going to be in position to score. He'll score. He'll definitely get into the double digits, but I don't think he'll be able to keep up with Sonny, who's I think just going to get chance after chance, week after week. Yep. And they're going they're good. So he's going to get chances every single week, no matter who they're playing. I think we've already seen that against some really good teams. So I'm going to go half unit on the plus 430 for our guy Sonny. I like it. All right, I'll, I'll join you. Half unit on the bet outside of Holland at the plus four thirty, and uh, yeah, I'll stick with my uh, with my twenty dollar bill on the plus sixteen hundred to correct myself. What I was saying about Holland earlier, I thought he scored three against Sheffield. He scored three against Fulham. He had the hat trick in that fucking beatdown. He scored two against Burnley in the first match of the year. Then two matches later, one against Sheffield. Then he had the Hattie against Fulham. Then he scored against West Ham. He scored again the next week against Nottingham Forest. And now he has had a terrifying, a a frightening run of one, two, three, four consecutive games in all competitions without scoring a goal. Well, what what happened, Erling? Where where have you gone? But it's still, I mean, he's he's leading the Premier League. He has eight goals. But I think you're right. I think it's I think it's live. I just think as Alvarez continues to play and as he continues to play in that number 10 role and every defense is just keyed in on Holland and you're going to have Alvarez, Doku, Grealish and Foden running around back there. I think more of the guys, especially, I mean, Doku plays like, oh, everybody's paying attention to Holland. I'm, I'll am i score. I'll run it. I'll run right at you. So I think, uh, and Alvarez is, qu- is clearly the same. They'll shoot from anywhere. So we're not predicting the downfall of Norwegian Shaq. 
but um, I think I think you're totally right. I think it's live that he plays a different role on the squad, and he doesn't he doesn't put up 50, 50 fucking goals this season. <laughs> I think last year, you know, Grealish was still sort of figuring some stuff out. No Doku, obviously. Even Julian Alvarez, not the Julian Alvarez that we're seeing yeah. this season. A lot more confident. Strikes are thunderous, and he's just not afraid to let it rip. I think when you have a guy as hot as Holland was last year, you just have to feed him yep. because you don't know when you're going to get a four or five goal just explosion from him. And he still can do it, but they don't need him to do it to kind of play the way that they want to play. Exactly. So I love it. So I'm going to do 10th of a unit on Sonny there. You're doing two tenths of a unit plus 1600 for him to win. I love it. It's so funny that we're on the same page here. Yeah, it's wild. I can guarantee you that you're not with me on this last one. All right. I've got one more fun future. And that is Manchester City to finish the season with zero trophies. Oh, yes. Which is available <laughs> at plus 350. Okay. Now, I like a tasty spread. So I have the understanding that a trophy is probably in their future. But it's not unreasonable to think that the Premier League, much more up in the air than it was last year. Yes. Champions League. That was the big monkey on Pep's back. So last year felt like their year to win that. You can imagine City maybe over-indexing on the domestic league and the Champions League. Mm-hmm. Maybe they kind of understand that things are a little bit more competitive. Maybe they push more of the chips into you know domestic and Champions League. I think this one is ultimately a bet on, could I see another team stealing the Premier League this year? Uh, and then can I see another team winning the Champions League this year? Going back-to-back in the Champions League... Obviously, they're the betting favorites in both. Yep. So, you know, I could look dumb. And I think plus 350 is um, reflective of, you know, the unlikely nature of that actually happening. But I then it gets a root against your guys. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, I, I, I just, I, I like the odds. I like I like the plus 350 odds. This one's probably going to just be probably in that quarter unit, tenth of a unit territory. I'll see kind of where I land. But I really want to hear maybe what your true blue expectations are for City this season. So... First of all, how dare you? Uh, no. <laughs> um, so our diamond Phil Foden a couple weeks back, he mentioned the quadruple and Pep said something to the effect of Phil is still very young, <laughs> which I thought was such a perfect fucking response. Uh, Newcastle knocked us out of the league up a couple weeks back. So that's off the plate. I think I saw when I was looking on FanDuel or it might have been on DraftKings, there was City to win two or more trophies was only like plus 500. I was like, Jesus Christ. Like there's hardly any value in that. Even as much as I love city, I think we're the best team in the world. Yada, yada. To be that much of a favorite to win two trophies is just insane. Uh, Like you said, winning the champions league once is a Herculean effort to win it back to back is absolutely insane. I also agree that I think the, the premier league is much more up for grabs than it was last year. Liverpool was, down last year Newcastle and Brighton were just so, like on the ascent where they weren't going to like realistically challenge for for the league. I think all your points have a lot of merit. I do think the FA Cup is a sneaky one because like in the semifinal for the FA Cup last year, we waxed Burnley. And it's like, you know, sometimes you get those weird FA Cup and sometimes the luck can go the other way. But sometimes you get those weird FA Cup matches where you might get some softer competition in the buildup. And then what do you know? You look up and it's a Manchester Derby in the final. We're clearly the superior team and we walk away with the FA Cup. 
But I, I also see what you're saying. And this is, this is a, a very strange thing because everybody's talking about the, the David Beckham documentary on Netflix. I recommend it is, it's going, it's going to have some of that Jordan last dance propaganda feel to it. It has that a little bit, but I will say I, it felt like they purposely tried to make it less propaganda-ish. So I thought that was, that was pretty interesting So from what I've seen so far. But what I'm going to bring up, even though while everybody talks about the Beckham documentary, there's a really good documentary on Paramount Plus about Alex Ferguson. And he had this awesome quote in the film where he said, when, I'm the, when I was the manager at Manchester United, the European Cup was my top priority, speaking of the Champions League. He's mm-hmm. like, I was at that club to win Europe. And I thought that was a pretty fucking rad thing for him to say and to like kind of thinking like big picture. Like I would just always assume like you always want to win the Premier League because that's your league and it's the best league. I see what he's saying. Like you're on that level. You're there to win it. So I honestly, I think we can win the, I do again, I'll say, I think we can win the Champions League again. So I, I have a hard time thinking we don't walk away with either the Prem, the FA Cup or the Champions League. I think we, I think we pick up one of the three. The Premier League is pretty interesting because they don't have the massive gap. It felt like for the last couple of years, they, they just were outpacing the year where Liverpool was kind of keeping up with them. And, you know, they, they even even then they were still chasing. Yep. Now, I think in knockout style competitions, mm-hmm. much more random. It's true. I think where you were going with that Burnley FA Cup was like, were you thinking that they smashed Burnley and like that was indicative of how seriously they were taking, you know, that competition? And we're like, we're not going to we're not going to fuck around at all out here. And it's also that we got to play Burnley in the semifinal. <laughs> Fair. So was, Doesn't hurt. Like, and, you know, we we knew we were walking into the Manchester Derby for the final. That makes sense. I think it's just kind of like a fun ride to go for. You mentioned that, you know, they're already out of the League Cup. FA Cup, that can happen at any moment true. where it's just the wrong day and the wrong field conditions and the wrong weather. And yep. it's right before the Liverpool match or something. <laughs> and like, you know, their 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 heads are just, they got to make some some business decisions yeah. on, on who's playing and, and how seriously they're going to take this. Champions League, a little bit of a crapshoot. You look at a team like Madrid now with Jude Bellingham, who's out of his fucking mind. You know, they're going to be there. And again, to go back to back, really tough. I think the Premier League is probably the one that I'm the most scared of them winning yeah. just because I think they're so talented. They're going to be able to outlast. The Men and Blazers guys talk a lot about the depth, right? And like how much that comes into play and how long the season actually is. You know, we're looking at Tottenham's schedule and we're looking at games that they have coming up in April going into May. You know, it's like this is a long fucking time to be playing yeah. high level football and staying healthy. So as guys go down, you know, to be able to you know, imagine losing KDB and it's just kind of like, yeah, we're, we're loaded. You know, it doesn't that derails 99 percent of teams all over the world to lose a, a talent of that stature. Yeah, obviously a big loss, but they're just so talented that they're able to not only replace him on the field, but rework the attack, rework the game plan so that they really don't miss a beat. Yeah, I'm going to just throw a Hamilton on it. I love it. You know, nothing personal here, but um <laughs> My boys are in all of those same competitions, chasing those same trophies. So to give me an opportunity to to root for my guys um, with a little bit extra vigor, knowing that there could be three and a half units sitting on the other on the other end of it. Yeah, and I think that I mean the double edged sword too. Like you point out, like wrong field, wrong conditions, you know, weird scheduling stuff. There's also a chance that in the FA Cup quarterfinals we play Arsenal. 
Like you just like don't know like how that's gonna shake out. Yeah, I don't blame you for hating, man. That's uh, that's that's how it goes. <laughs> Do you have another one? I got a weird one. Let's do it. I know this is Premier League. We talked about them at the top of the show. They're in the Premier League. West Ham United to win the Europa League plus 1,800. No. Come on. No. Come on. So, man, Moyes, like, the look on his face, like, I mean, obviously, like, Declan Rice gave, gave a lot to West Ham. But, like, the joy that those guys had when they won the Europa Conference League. Now they get they get into the Europa League. Again, it's just like, am I supposed to be afraid of Roma? I'm not particularly afraid of Roma, to be honest. Like, now there are good squads in the Europa League. And I will also point out, I've been thinking of this. This gives me the opportunity real quick. When we were talking about Liverpool a couple of shows ago, I was making the point that I think Liverpool has as high of a ceiling as any club in the world. And I decided to make that point by saying they're a team that could win the Champions League. And then after we got done recording, I was like, I know they're not in the Champions League. So I should have made my point a different way. So in the interest of journalism and corrections, yes, I sounded like a dunce there. They, I don't think they could win the Champions League this year because they're not playing in that competition and they're in the Europa League. And I realize that is part of the reason why West Ham is plus 1,800 to do so. But plus 1,800 is is delicious. And I think Moyes really gives a shit about these, these European trophies. I mean, they don't fucking grow on trees. And they got the guys who can, who can kind of win any of these games. And if Liverpool is challenging for the Prem, yep. if you're Liverpool, you're already thinking, okay, win the Premier League, go to the Champions League next year. How focused are yep. you on a, on a Europa League trophy? I don't know. Yeah, and I think also win the Premier League because it's winnable this year. Exactly. We talked about them as like being firmly in that top three. I'm not sure how how crazy serious they're going to take it. Plus 1,800. There's only 32 teams still alive. Yep. <laughs> and I think only 16 are going to make, obviously, this next round. Uh, and West Ham in a really good position thus far. Two matches played, six points. They're at the top of their group. Yep. I don't know. Brighton. Brighton's had a terrible showing in the Europa League. So they might not even get out of the group. Then you're looking at like Marseille, Ajax. Rangers, Atlanta, Liverpool, Villarreal, Roma. Nobody, I mean, definitely winnable. And what I like about this, I mean, this is an obvious cosign for me. So just get that out of the way. <laughs> I'm right there with nice. you. Um, what I like about it is we can sort of play the hedge game. Plus 1,800 is such a massive number that quarter unit here, half unit there. All right, let's 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 go against them. And if they're if they end up being favorites in some of these matches, maybe all the way through, maybe until the semis or maybe until the quarterfinals, that means we're going to get really good odds going against them. A lot of hedge room backing a number that big. What are you thinking in terms of sizing for a pick like that? I mean, what a, a quarter unit wins you more than four units. Four and a half, yeah. So that's kind of that's kind of where my head was. I was like, you know what, twenty five bucks, throw it on there. Like we always say, I'm rooting for them anyway in every match. So they're all streamable and uh, and rewatch. I'll tell you, Paramount Plus does a good job. They get the they get the replays up there pretty quickly. They got their shit together. So I'm, I'm going to be watching anyway. So I'm I'm throwing a quarter unit West Ham to win the Europa League. David Moyes back to back European trophies. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. Um, I think I'm actually feeling a little friskier than that. Holy shit. 
I think I like maybe some half unit action here just because I, you know, we talked about the looming big threat Liverpool. They might not give a shit about this. I think it's really possible. You know, Arsenal's been in this, you know, like here and there, you know, as they've slipped in the last few years. And, you know, you can tell by the lineups that they're just like, all right, no, no, no. We need to get back top. We need to focus domestically top four. We need to get out of this tournament. Right. Moyes and his boys are probably like, nope, let's take home another one, boys. Yeah. So I'm going to go half unit on this. I I love it. I love the number plus 1800. How do we go wrong with that? They're going to make the next 16. So plus 1800 is better than a coin flip. I always love when, when the numbers break that way. So half unit for your guy. Okay. Yeah. 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 You talked me into it. Let me, I'll, I'm, I'm kicking it up. Let's, let's fucking go. Let's go. I will tell you. And I, as I always say, I do not fancy myself an expert in the Bundesliga. Um, Bayer Leverkusen out there. Yeah, I didn't mention that. Yeah, oh, always, always tricky, but it's a bit of a blind spot for me because I do not watch much at all. I will sometimes catch it on. I think ESPN Plus has uh, Syria, but for like Roma and Atalanta, not scared. They play such a Italian football to paint with a bit of a broad brush. Is just such a sloggy defensive kind of way to play like James Ward Prowse is gonna be like oh, okay yeah you go ahead and play play that way I'm just gonna start serving in some passes and we're gonna we're gonna get by you I think it's a great style matchup that's a great call out by you that I think they're gonna be happy to play these teams playing a different style so Leverkusen they've got my guy Granit Shaka who um, <laughs> yes. left Arsenal who I, I I wasn't I wasn't sure exactly where he landed but I have seen many of the clips of him from my Arsenal Twitter and Arsenal Redditing and social, general social media that I'm doing that are very happy to highlight how well he's playing out there. Yeah. I don't recognize a ton of other dudes on that squad, but I know that they bring it. And I think that there are two wins from their two matches so far. I think they're on six points. Yeah, they've definitely impressed uh, early in the tournament. And I don't think they're far off. Yes, Bayer Leverkusen, top of the table. In Bundesliga. And let me just say, like, going back to it, Raj and Davo on Men and Blazers were laughing about this. If Harry Kane goes to Bayern Munich and they don't win the Bundesliga, (laughs) that's so fucking gross. Like, I don't wish that on that guy. Like, that would really suck. And Tottenham finishes top four. Holy Christ. (laughs) The the rag tabloids over there in in England are just going to be super obnoxious. I don't want to see that happen. No, no, no. I'm not the biggest game guy, but you can't dismiss his contribution no. to the last decade <laughs> plus uh, of you know European and, and definitely uh, Premier League football. So I'd hate to see that happen to him. I, and I don't think it will happen. But, you know, who knows? Maybe like a deep Champions League run for them kind of softens that blow. If it did happen, we'll see how that shakes out. And either way, it doesn't matter because Tottenham's finishing outside the top four. There you go. As, as discussed earlier on the pod. <laughs> I like it. I got I got a, one more secret one if you're interested. Hell yeah! Back to the Premier League, Sheffield United to finish twentieth plus one hundred. Hmm. They have one point. Let's take a look at this. <laughs> tell, tell me about this. <laughs> they have one point, and their goal differential is minus sixteen, worst in the league. I mean, they don't look like winning anything ever. Their one draw is against Everton earlier in the season. They can't get anything going on offense. I think they've scored the second fewest goals in the Premier League. We have a couple other flyers out there. I'm still honestly scared of Luton Town like falling off and then them finishing bottom. But man, Sheffield United just looks fucking hopeless out there. 
Yeah, the squad is super thin. Six goals for, 22 against on the season. That's not great. Uh, they've had a pretty tough schedule, having already played Palace, Forest, City. You mentioned the draw against Everton. Lost to Tottenham, 8-0 to Newcastle. That's a nut, yeah. 2-0 to West Ham. And then they they didn't, they were just not in that game against Fulham either. Right. And the fact hmm. that that 8-0 to Newcastle, like maybe that's not completely repeatable. What happens when you go to the Etihad? What happens when you go to London and you have to play Arsenal? You're going to have to play the big boys some more. Yeah, their next two against United and at Arsenal, like you mentioned, might get worse before it gets better. Luton Town on the other side. So they've got the win over Everton and a draw against Wolves. So they've got the same six goals, but they've only given up 15 versus 22. But obviously that Newcastle drubbing, you know, throws that number out of whack. So what's the Luton Town number to finish 20th? All right, I got it here. Bottom. Luton is plus 155. Mm. So the real question is, why is Sheffield even money? And Luton Town is plus one fifty five. Is it just the eight nil gore line and the and the massive goal differential, which is not really going to matter anyway, unless you know these teams are even. And who's to say Luton's not going to get smashed by a City or an Arsenal or or a Liverpool at some point? That's true too. You know, Luton Town, they're obviously just parking the bus. They're not doing the Burnley style of we're going to attack you anyway, even though we know we're outmanned. So I wonder if they just think that Luton Town is going to live in their kind of defensive shell. And try to get away with it. Plus one fifty five. I mean, obviously, it's a better it's a better number. But man, I mean, Sheffield, they just look awful. Yeah, there's that. And um, you do have to win games, and you do have, you do have to earn yourself some draws to avoid that twentieth spot. And if I may say, Luton Town, you said they drew Wolves. Yep. So in my never ending quest to compare college football to English Premier League, I think that means. If they drew Wolves and Wolves beat City, I believe that means Wolves have, have a transitive draw against Manchester City for the BCS computers. No, they have a win, transitive win. <laughs> if you draw it. clearly as good as Wolves. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Look at that. God damn. Rough one for rough one for my boys. Yeah, so I mean, December 9th, they play City. So that's, that's another three points for Luton. <laughs> there we go. Give me Sheffield. Plus 100. <laughs> I kind of want to wait a little bit on this one. I think I'm with you on it. Because when even when you said that plus 155 number for Luton Town, I almost wonder if that's the tasty one. Because they, I would bet on them to run out of steam. You know what I like? I mean, Sheffield has some more recent Premier League experience also. That is true. So there is some institutional knowledge. And I think, you know, we we did this breakdown a few weeks back where we looked at who finished in 20th. And it was pretty across the board. There were teams that were 10th the previous year. So I think it was only maybe around roughly about half the time when a, a newly promoted team finished in that 20th spot. Yeah. So I think a lot of football to be played. And if these are the two worst teams, Vegas is basically telling you it's one of these two because the third best odds on this one is Bournemouth at plus 1300. And then you got Burnley at plus 1600. So Vegas is telling you it's either Sheffield or Luton. Yep. Now, if this is a coin flip, generally you want to be on the plus 155 side of the coin flip. Right. Doesn't mean we should take it, but it doesn't mean nothing. Yeah. I think it's probably worth waiting. Let's see what Luton's schedule is coming up is, because if they take some beatings... Okay, now we're going a couple levels deep here. So Luton Town in the Premier League, their next... Holy fuck. Okay. (laughs) It gets real bad. Uh, for our guys. So they've got 
at Nottingham Forest. That's the easy one. Okay. Then they've got at Villa, home for Liverpool, at Old Trafford to play United, home for Palace. Then they go to Brentford, and then they have two back-to-back home games where they're taking on Arsenal and then Manchester City. That's rough. So there might not be a point (laughs) in that eight-match stretch that I just mentioned until we get to Bournemouth on December the 16th. Yeah. So if Luton puts up an offer over this stretch, that number might move to the minus side, regardless of what Sheffield does. Because, I mean, you, you got to imagine Sheffield's going to get something. And then there's a big Sheffield matchup where Luton visits them on Boxing Day, December the 26th, match week 19. So that one's going to be loser goes home kind of kind of feel to that one. Yeah. But now I'm, I might be talking myself into putting a little, little something, something on Luton plus 155. Now, I'll give you one more data point. So we've got, give me a second to pull this up because I want to pull up who we have to finish 20th, which I don't think are, are very live at this point. Well, I think we have Burnley, and I think they're still pretty live to finish bottom. Oh, yeah. To finish 20th, we've got Everton plus 900, Wolves at plus 1600. Oh, yeah. Burnley, quarter unit, cosine, plus 1100, and they're very live. So Burnley's covered. I think I'm going to put a quarter unit on Luton, plus 155. I think they get thoroughly smashed. These next eight games, they don't have any kind of breather. I could definitely see them going over eight. Yeah. Well, let's make a note of that because I think uh might be some betting opportunities in the in the coming weeks. Um, and I think there's a real good chance that this number looks much less tasty. I'll ride with you on that. I just love that their next match against Nottingham Forest. You just you you put your trees in with all those titans of the league that you that you were talking about. I'm here for it, man. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll ride with you. you. Know, I'm a company man. <laughs> gonna represent <laughs> i mean somebody watching this podcast with the arsenal shield covered up they think you're just wearing a, a nottingham forest kit fair that's fair. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm definitely cutting out that little that last little piece of image <laughs> now you know my tricky trees are very very near and dear to my heart oh yeah that is the benefit of uh being from over here and enjoying this league and plus i do it with american sports leagues too i just do not give a shit about Obviously, I have my favorite team, so I like the most. I'm not going to deprive myself of, like, why would I not enjoy watching the Eagles play? Or in in the same vein, why would I not enjoy watching West Ham? Like, what, what does that do for me? Yeah, nothing. I mean, this is sort of like uh, the maturity of the sports fan, uh, you know, being, you know, not in our 20s anymore. They were just like, no, I want to watch awesome fucking dudes play sports yeah. and you know do debts as well nice as covered in uh this this most recent world cup and perhaps with some some forthcoming uh content coming down the pike but yeah just, i love watching the best of the best if you can't really get down with that you're missing out i don't know no other way to put it yeah i'm with you man and last last little note on my on my trees i love that they're nowhere in the vicinity of these like relegation bets no. or finished bottom of the table bets like vegas knows we're we're in 13 <laughs> yes. right now but you know still a lot of football <laughs> Played. Yes, we've we've entered we oh we territory. I love it. Absolutely. Well, you know, I retired from Brentford officially. Broke up, blocked their number. <laughs> you know, just deleted them from my site. They can't reach me on Twitter. They, they there's they have no way of reaching me anymore. That's it. It's over. They weren't treating you right, man. No, I I showed up week in week out. Maybe I didn't put the dollars behind them every single week, but they were on the dock. I looked at them, find the draws. You know, I I kind of mixed it up as best I could, and they didn't come through for me. Nope. So that opened up a nice little space for my trees. I love it. Awesome. So Luton Town, are we gonna do anything? Or are we gonna wait it out? I think I'm with you. Uh, now at plus one fifty five, is a quarter unit is a quarter unit worth it, or is it 
Is this a half unit type of thing? We got a quarter unit on Burnley at plus 1100. And you said we had Wolves also to finish bottom, which is obviously, I mean, they're sitting on eight points. That's not outside the realm of possibility either, depending on how the season goes. Doesn't help that they beat fucking juggernaut Manchester City. Three points that I did not expect them to have, frankly. Yeah, if they didn't, they'd be sitting at 16th right now. Yeah, we've got Wolves, Everton, and Burnley. So we've got the 14th, the 16th, and the 18th right now. Should we be talking or looking at Bournemouth for this? You know, my eyes keep going down to them. I mean, minus 13 goal differential. They've only they've scored the fewest goals in the league. They're awful to watch. I feel like they're they're sort of in these games, though. I mean, they look like a professional football mm-hmm. team. They just don't play very well. So that gives me a little bit of pause, but the number is nice. Would you say the number Plus was? 1,300. Yeah. And they have a little bit too, though, of you. And I thought you made a good point about Sheffield. They have some leftover institutional knowledge too. Mm. That almost makes me wonder, do we wait? Do we wait on Luton Town and Bournemouth and then make an assessment? Yeah, I think let's wait it out. The only argument for Luton Town, for any brave souls that want to go with that one, is that they've got a real rough stretch. And they're going to get roughed up over these next eight games. But I think, yeah, I think definitely the wise move is probably to wait it out and see where we find some value. All right. So so let's park it and we'll circle back to this probably in the next international break. I like it. Awesome. All right, man. I think we did it. This has been another episode of the Tasty Bets Pod. Follow at Tasty Bets Pod on Twitter, X, Threads, Instagram, and Reddit. Subscribe to the pod on Spotify, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you like to partake. Big thanks to my co-host. Mr. Grant Engel, best of luck to you the rest of this Premier League season. Same to you, buddy. We'll make it through this next week of no Premier League. Maybe try to catch some Euro League matches on Fox Sports 2 or whatever network they put those games on. And yeah, we'll uh, 100% get back to it in two weeks, obviously, for the big showdown between Luton Town and Nottingham Forest. Big for them, maybe. Oh, yeah. <laughs>